We continue on with the second mission of the second parak of Mesach Sukkah, that the first statement of the mission is if one uh, leans or supports their sukkah with the legs of a bed, that the sukkah is kosher. Rabbi Yehuda will come and disagree. Rabbi Yehuda Atma, if it can't stand on its own psula, then it would not be kosher. And the question is, what's Rabbi Yehuda disagreeing with? So we know immediately from the very first mission in Masech HaSukkah that Rabbi Yehuda holds that there's a level of permanence uh, that perhaps would be required for a sukkah. And therefore, if the sukkah would collapse if you move the legs of a bed or if you move the legs of the bed, the entire sukkah would move with it, that would be indicative that the sukkah is not strong enough to count as a dwelling place and therefore would not be kosher according to Rabbi Yehuda, although it would according to the Manda Amar. The second point that we can understand is perhaps Rabbi Yehuda is not taking uh, issue with the permanence of it, but perhaps with the mobility that a sukkah that's entire foundation is based upon something that's mobile and movable, uh, perhaps that's even too flimsy, regardless of whether you move them away, it would collapse. Most supports, if you move them away, something would collapse. But uh, but the fact that the inherent support of the sukkah itself is movable, as definition of legs of the bed would be, uh, so that wouldn't be something that Rabbi Yehuda could tolerate under his understanding of creating a dwelling. Continuing on in the Mishnah, sukkah hamduvela, ham that a sukkah that, uh, here's a, here's a question in terms of how do we understand, uh, that word? Do we understand it as in disarray or do we understand it, um, as, uh, as something that would be jumbled? What does that mean? So a sukkah where you can picture that the schach is uneven, not uneven in terms of interspersed, but uneven in terms of elevations. Part of the schach dips, part of the schach rises, you know, the valleys and, uh, and, uh, and hills, if you will, out of your schach. Uh, so would that be kosher or not, as long as that there's more, uh, shade than sun. So would that be satisfactory, uh, or not? And, and the, the question really is, is, could be said better that, uh, in its current, uh, unstrategic placement, there's more sun than shade that comes into the sukkah. However, with those very same beams placed differently, perhaps more evenly, would create the situation that we desire, which is more shade than sun, then that would be something that would be kosher. Uh, and then we continue with Shitsalas and the shade is greater than the sun. So that could be, again, either here is saying that it's either sparsely covered, if we say it's sparsely covered, so therefore, um, what are we trying to figure out here? Whether or not it would be kosher, even if I have less than what would normally make sense to give more shade than sun. But nonetheless, in the strategic way that it's placed out, it is giving more shade than sun, that would be kosher. So those are the two ways that we can understand that part of the Mishnah. What happens if the sukkah is very thickly covered? It's a ma'uva, meaning thick, that uh, that the sukkah is, is uh, so thick. Ha'ama'uva. That is like a roof of a house. Even though you can't see stars, this is the first indication that we talk about the desire to see stars from inside the sukkah. So it said that don't get so caught up in the stars. If it's so thick, it's still kosher. But what do we learn based upon it asking the question? By asking the question, we understand that seeing stars is a myla, it's a, it's a benefit to the sukkah, and therefore ideally we should have it so it's not so thick that you cannot see the stars. Oh, if you made it thick and you can't see the stars, it would still be kosher. That's Mishnah Beis. Mishnah Gimel. The third Mishnah, If one builds a sukkah on top of a wagon, 
a mobile wagon or on top of a boat. Uh, non, uh, the boat could be docked at the time, but the boat has the ability. It's not like the Intrepid. It hasn't gone anywhere. The boat is planning on going somewhere. The sukkah is kosher va'olin by And you can go on to that sukkah on Yantav, whether on the Agal or onto the boat. We'll figure out why that uh, somewhat random statement is stated here at this point in time in the Mishnah. But if you place the sukkah in the tree, you have a tree house, but it's a tree sukkah, uh, or on the back of a camel, then that would also be kosher. However, you can't go into those on Yantif. Why? Not because the sukkah isn't kosher, but because it's muktzah. You can't uh, have interaction with the gama, with the camel, or with the elon, with the tree, on Yantif. And that's why we had the original statement, even though the gala, the wagon, and the boat itself are not muktzah, we have this here, to make the mission a parallel. Olin Labiantif, you can go on it on Yantif. Stein be Ilan Vaachas Bide Adam. That if two walls of your sukkah are made out of the tree and one is handmade, or two walls of your sukkah and one uh, are made out of the, uh, by a person, one is, is used by a tree, meaning you have a very large tree and you use that as the third wall of your sukkah. The sukkah is but you can't go, you can't use that sukkah on yantif. What if you have a four-walled sukkah, something revolutionary, that, uh, that I've got three walls that are man-made and one, uh, made uh, with uh, using a tree, Kshera, so then it's kosher. And I can use it on Yantif. Why? I thought the tree is moksa. Yeah, the tree is moksa when it's an inherent part of the sukkah. What does a sukkah require? Three walls. So as long as I've got three man made walls, that fourth wall, even though that fourth wall might be uh, moksa on its own, it's not the sukkah. The sukkah would have existed on its own with the three walls. That were man-made. So therefore, va'olin la biyanta. So Zah Klal concludes the Mishnah. This is the general rule. That any time that had you removed the tree and the sukkah would still be standing, not only is the sukkah valid, but the sukkah is valid and you can use it on yantaf. That's the basic way that normally we would understand the Mishnah. I'm going to throw out a separate way that we can understand it also that perhaps explains why we say va'olin la. When it says that I create the sukkah with the tree and with the man-made walls, va'olin la, and I go up into it. It doesn't mean v'nichnas, that I go into it. Olin means I go onto it. So perhaps we can understand this, that we're not talking about the walls of the sukkah, but we're talking about the floor of the sukkah, the foundation, the base is created by something that's moktza, the tree, and something that's man-made. I can't go into it. We might even be talking about, you know, a, a, a really cool uh, tree sukkah, like a tree house, that it's uh, the foundation is partially the tree and partially man-made. And there we can apply the same rule. If I remove the tree, so then it would still be fine and it would still stand, so I can then go into the sukkah. If I were to remove the tree and it wouldn't still stand, so then I could not continue to go into the sukkah. That's uh, hopefully at least a uh, basic understanding of the second and third mission of the second parak of Mesach HaSukkah.